0: You're listening to Hustle & Flow, a podcast to inspire and bring together female actors and artists in the entertainment industry. I'm Heidi, an actress, female fitness
1: coach, and self-love junkie. And I'm Kesley, singer, songwriter, and social media influencer. Are you ready to manifest your dreams? Let's get started.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Flow, baby. Yeah, today our amazing guest is Sydney Wickland. She is my dear friend from literally childhood. Um, we basically grew up together in the entertainment industry and she is now a boss babe working on the business side of things so I'm so excited to welcome her here today so she can share all of her juicy secrets and um, amazing experiences that we can all kind of learn from so
2: welcome yay, yay. so excited to be here thank you for having me oh and yeah I hope I can share whatever knowledge I have <laughs> Can't wait.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Sydney, I'm just laughing at that because that's hilarious. Um, so Sydney, what are you? What are you doing right now? Can you? Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do today, and then I would love to backtrack and see sort of how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, today um, I'm working in the music industry here in Los Angeles, California. I work at a company called The Nations and we basically are a music marketing network um, and we also own a label called Lowly. So I do label relations on our marketing channel side. So labels, major labels and independent labels, pitch me music all the time. We have um, a big YouTube presence. We have eight different channels, our flagship being Trap Nation. Um, We have a channel called Chill Nation, Rap Nation. So we have a bunch of different genres. We lean a little bit heavy in the electronic space. Um, And then, um, yeah, so labels kind of talk to me. I try to do original content with them. I do paid campaigns with them. Um, I help with overall strategy for the nations. And then on the label side, I do here and there a couple things. and, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Do it who's pitching you music for, is it for the,
1: na- the, all the different nations playlists?
2: Yeah, so we have, um, we do an upload a day on our channels, and so, because Trap Nation, for example, has over 30 million subscribers, so mm-hmm. you're hitting a huge audience if you get an upload on our channel, um, and we also have big Spotify playlists, too, mm-hmm. so um, both artist managers and um, label like digital marketing reps from labels are mm-hmm. reaching out to us and pitching their music to us.
1: Yeah, and it's it could be like from the smallest artist to like a bigger artist, or is it mostly like independent artists or like smaller artists? Yeah,
2: it's a it's definitely a mixture. Um, so at the end of the day, we have to curate for our audience and try to give them what we think will have the most traction. So mm-hmm. sometimes that means we're seeding out. Um, unofficial remixes to big songs so for example Ariana Grande maybe released some some song and we will go and hit up a couple underground maybe electronic acts that could do a remix and we'd have to clear that through Republic Records under UMG but Uh it's still kind of promoting an undiscovered artist so we try to curate and show people new artists, but we also try to stay as mainstream and up with the trends. So we're keeping tabs on what TikTok trends are happening and what songs are popular for sure. So you
1: have people sending you remixes and stuff and original content, and you're also sending some stuff to specific people to get remixes of songs that you think would really resonate with your audience.
2: Yeah, totally. So I, I personally kind of oversee a bunch of curators, Mm -hmm. uh, but my curators are really the A&Rs, which stands for Artists and Repertoire. They're the ones kind of, you know, coming up with the sound and curating what they need to hear um, and what our audience wants. So Mm -hmm. they're the ones making the creative decisions with that, but I kind of am the one connecting the dots between people.
1: So then at the end of the day, do you make a final decision on a song making it onto a playlist?
2: Not me, no.
1: <laughs> but you're like a step closer to that happening. Yeah, for a song. so
2: essentially, like, and if one of my curators is like, "Hey, I want to upload this Olivia Rodrigo remix," mm-hmm. um, it's my job. They come to me. I want Hey, I want to upload this. I will go to Universal Music. She's signed to Interscope, so I would go to Interscope, the right person who represents her, and be like, "Hey, can we get this remix cleared for upload? Let's put it under our deal." Huh. and um, then we try to get it uploaded from there.
1: So then her team has to um, approve a remix or something like that of her songs.
2: Usually. I am not sure exactly what... Right, each, on every, that side. On that side. Mm-hmm. Every team's different. Every artist is different. So oh. there's definitely some artists where the labels just can full send and approve things. Yeah. There's some artists that are super picky. There's some artists who don't want their music uploaded by anyone else except for their own official artist channel. So yeah. everyone's different, and I think, like... That is definitely a key takeaway from working in the music business yeah. for as long as I have is, like, every artist is so different and has different needs, yeah. and so you have to kind of be respectful of that, for sure.
1: Wow. And so then are you listening to music most of the time?
2: I listen to a, a bunch of music, because um, I'm just a music nerd, a music head, but um, Literally definitely... Sydney
1: has the best playlists. <laughs> anytime, oh, I
0: bet. Anytime like we're doing anything, I'm like, and Sydney's in charge of music. <laughs> it's it. so
2: oh, true. That's cool. Yeah, but I personally am not the one making the decisions for what gets uploaded or what gets signed to our label, but I definitely can make suggestions here and there, okay, and so... I get to also listen to what they're picking, so I'm constantly kind of seeing what's current and... What people are listening to, for sure. So
1: you're a big influential, like part of what song makes it.
2: I am a big influential part in making sure all of our rights and clearances are taken care oh. of. People are staying on top of it. Okay. Our partners are happy. <laughs> um. So I kind of am. I'm almost like a general manager in a sense. Like okay. I'm making sure the ship's running and oh. that all my creatives underneath me are being able to be creative and not have to think too much about all the admin and crossing their T's dotting their eyes and they can just focus on the music
1: oh so it's more of like a legal
2: ish I do some relation. legal stuff not me personally because I'm not a lawyer okay, but I okay. definitely well, like, yeah right. I look after to make sure we're the following rules. certain compliances yeah because yeah. there is so much copyright um, liability, liability yeah. like all these laws especially in the YouTube landscape um, and on, on and on the label side too but Um, there's a lot of stuff you just got to be careful with. And back in the day, YouTube was like the wild, wild west. And people could upload all the music, monetize all the things. And, um, eventually the labels cracked down on that as they should. Rights Mm -hmm. holders should, you know, be able to monetize their music if they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, and should have a right to be able to sign off and give monetization to someone else if they want to. Um, so that's essentially our responsibility as, um, a company is just making sure that we follow all those protocols so we're not getting in trouble and also we just want to do right by the artists and their team so we're happy to comply but it definitely takes takes an army for sure to make sure we are especially with eight channels uploading a song a day <laughs> where did did you start because did you see yourself getting
1: into this in your career like what (laughs) brought you to this point oh my gosh
2: no I mean I've always been really into music my both of my parents are really into music Mm -hmm. um my dad has always had amazing taste he always knew about certain artists before anyone did I remember he knew about Coldplay way before they blew up he knew about Nelly Furtado way before she blew up Mm -hmm. and still to this day like every time I see my dad um because we don't live in the same state, but every time we see each other, we have a tradition where we go to a concert. Oh. So, um, love him. I constantly send him music, he sends me music. So that's like really why music's close to my heart. And mm-hmm. then same with my mom. My mom grew up around music too, playing piano, singing, and she, I swear to God, she is more aware of like current pop music than me sometimes. Like, yes, she, she really
0: is. She's just one with the time. She's she just always one knows. with
2: she is. She just like loves to be in and with the times. Like she's, she she just loves it. And and you know she'll be like, oh, you've heard that new Demi Lovato song? I'm like, no, send it to me. She's like, oh, it's my favorite, girl. And oh, so yeah, so that's so, yeah, so, so, cute. so I think like I always knew that music brought something out of me, especially as like a dancer too. Like mm-hmm. music just invokes me wanting to move. And I think any type of music that I'm naturally drawn to are is music that makes me want to kind of move my. Are body. you going to the
0: silent disco on Saturday?
2: Yes, next Saturday. Is it this
0: Saturday? I'm the one that's this Saturday.
2: This Saturday? I'm not sure if I am. Oh. But
0: Sydney is a phenomenal dancer. So, <laughs> so, for those who don't know, okay, Sydney, I, I can speak from firsthand experience. Sydney has been singing and dancing and acting and a performer for our entire lives. We go as far back as cheerleading together in middle school. Like, yep. we must have met when we were. 12, Twelve or something yeah. like that. But Sydney was like Sydney. Sydney's very short. She's she's very petite. Yes. And so she's what they called a flyer in yeah. cheerleading. And so Sydney like was on all these like senior teams and stuff. Uh-huh. Where, so like so like she would be cheering with like the high schoolers and stuff. So I remember going to watch my sister like who was on these more advanced teams because she was older than me. And there was this little girl they were like throwing in the air and she was doing all <laughs> these flips and everything. And I was like, I like literally knew who Sydney was when we before we met. And I was like, I like literally wanted to be her friend and anyways <sighs> so we met in cheer and yeah I just you've been doing it for so long yeah
2: wow. yeah so dance I I love I'm actually gonna go to a dance class next week and that's something I hope to like do more of I go to these silent discos we're lucky here in LA we live by the beach and we have a community where we get to go to these cool silent discos all the time mm-hmm. um so that's kind of where I let my inner child out and I get to <sighs> play um, so, and I definitely still dance Home Alone all the time. Like, if yeah. I'm in a funk, I turn on some music, turn on some Cardi B, whatever it may be, yes. and I just have a little twerk-out twerk workout with myself, oh, you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. Um, That's funny. And so, and it always, like, lifts my spirits. So, I think, I think somewhere inside me, I always knew music was in my path, but I guess, um, I didn't know where and, like, where I would fall along that. So, and I still think I am discovering what I want to do with that path. What I'm mm-hmm. doing right now is really exciting. I don't know if long-term I will be at this company, but I have been enjoying the ride. And before I got to where I'm at now, I was in artist management. So mm-hmm. doing artist management was – it's. You're basically locked into a roller coaster and just on the roller coaster twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> um, you are the first line of defense between the artist and everything going on in their world. Yeah, and I was doing artist management for um, some big, like headlining electronic acts, and so electronic acts like you're touring constantly all around the world. Um, you know, they're releasing music constantly, mm-hmm. um, so there was just always something to do and. I think management, because you are that line of defense between all these moving parts of the artist's life, you Mm -hmm. really get to learn every little bit of the music industry. Um, Maybe you're not a specialist in diving deep into something, but you get to touch all these different parts and essentially be the architect of these artists' career and really work with them. So I think, like, through that experience and through even, like, being a performer myself, I really, like, loved and recognized just, like, the craft of being an artist and, like, Mm -hmm. how important is to really like align with an artist's vision and honor that Mm. um and that everyone's so different in what their goals and what their desires are and what they like really want to do with their career so I think because of that it's like helped me on the business side a lot too.
1: How many artists have you managed and how long did you do that?
2: So I only was in artist management for a year Uh um but I worked at an artist management company that had a handful of different clients. I worked primarily on two clients um, Nightmare and Slander. Um and uh but I've they I've heard
0: of I've heard of them.
2: Yeah, they're pretty big in the electronic space mm-hmm. for sure. Um and you know, it was fun because they each got to do um they did like big collabs too. So Slander's done a really big song with Griffin, mm-hmm. Nightmare's done some songs. He did a song with actually like Little John and Shaq. Um and you wow. know, so they're they're really great. Um I love I love both of those artists Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. and so it was nice like being a fan and then getting in and getting to actually like help move the needle for them and like I think management is really really satisfying even though you're really in the weeds and working your ass off yeah you see the difference that you're making yeah Um, yeah what did you do
1: for them because you you managed them
2: yeah, right so, I here. was on, so, I was on their management team. They have, there was, like, a, a couple of us, because it's that much work. Yeah. Um, so, I essentially, like... Like, were you a day-to-day manager? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, a day-to-day manager, exactly. So, I, um, essentially was, like, on text or a call with them every single yeah. day. And I mostly specialize in the marketing side of their world, so... Any type of moving piece that needed to get marketed, whether it be a tour, mm-hmm. um, we're having some sort of publicity, we're doing um, their social calendar, I kind of had to make sure everything was flowing and checks were, yeah. you know, things were getting checked off. Uh-huh. So, um, for example, if they were going on a tour, I needed to make sure that the art was done for the tour, the artist approved it, um, we knew when all the dates were being announced, we knew what posts were happening, we knew each venue had the right information that they needed to do. Um, And then we had to make sure, you know, that all was going in line with when we're having certain releases with music. We need to make sure it's aligned when we're doing um, other types of merch drops or whatever it may be. So everything's kind of like a puzzle and you have to piece it together while trying to move the artist upwards and forwards, right? So it's always, you have these big goals and you're moving towards them, but like, really they just need someone there to, to help them out because yeah. they need to have that space mm-hmm. to be creative and there's yeah. so much logistics, there's so much all this other craziness mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes that mm-hmm. you have to be that protector of the artist in a yeah. way. Yeah. Um and so yeah.
0: I just knowing you, Sydney, and like through the years and like as an adult and as you've stepped into your career, I've noticed that networking is your superpower. And uh, also like you. you know a ton about marketing. So can you speak a little bit about like, how important networking and marketing is and maybe, like, how important... Like, if it's important or when is it important to have a team who does those things at for artists?
2: Yeah. Well, networking is definitely so, so, so important. Um, I think, like, a lot of people, they don't feel like it necessarily comes, like, organically or innately, but, like, as long as you're your true self, like, you will find and attract the people that are supposed to be in your life. Mm -hmm. But definitely push yourself out of the comfort zone because... It's so important to meet people um, and really just like go to any random events. Like strike up a conversation, um, cold email someone, slide into LinkedIn DMs. I cannot Mm -hmm. tell you how much success I have had in the LinkedIn DMs. Wow. Like it's like unreal. Um, And I have even like done some like kind of sneaky stuff to meet people. Like for example, I would join certain organizations that through free events – around entertainment and I would be like hey I want to throw an event and then I'm like okay I want to throw this event with these panelists that I want to know and meet and then I have an excuse to email them where I'm not asking them like hey help me help my artists help promote me I'm like hey I admire what you're doing I would love to have you on a panel or like something that's like stroking their ego mm-hmm. I think that's it's always so important to like try as much as you can to like make it organic and not Ask for things immediately yeah. if you can. Sometimes you can't and you just got to shoot your shot. Um, in management, I shot out so much pitches and all this different stuff because you're just selling, selling the artists and sometimes yeah. you got to do that. But uh-huh. when you can, like, you know, meet through mutual friends, go to events, join organizations, and like find other ways to meet people, have that bond, and it, it just really, I cannot tell you the amount of times it's paid off. And just like being uncomfortable, my management job that I got um, I got it because I talked to the guy on an elevator. It was literally an elevator pitch.
0: <laughs> oh, so. oh my god, please tell the story. By the way, I think everything you're saying applies not only just to musicians, right? I feel like it's oh, totally. literally applicable to all walks of life. Like any career you're in, entrepreneur, business, acting, Writing, whatever it is, I feel like this is important stuff.
2: Definitely, definitely. But yeah, the the elevator pitch was really funny. So I used to work at this agency um, for TV and film, and around the time when I realized, hey, I want to go back to music, um, I was trying to think of like creative ways on how to build my network there because I really didn't really, I didn't know anyone in music. I knew a handful of people from an internship I did right after college, but, Mm -hmm. um, my, my network was very limited to, like, that specific circle, Mm -hmm. um, so I worked at this building, it's the SBE building, and it has, like, 31 floors, and I remember seeing, um, that this music touring agency, Circle Talent, doesn't exist anymore, it got bought out by UTA, but it was on the 19th floor, Of the same building. And I would just pay attention who in the building went to the 19th floor. I would always, like, make a mental note. Okay. So these faces are going to the 19th floor. Got it. Got it. Um, And I just remember one day I was in an elevator alone with someone going to the 19th floor. And I just struck up a conversation with him. And he ended up being the manager for the management company I ended up working for. And uh, he told me about his artists. And I knew his artists because Mm -hmm. I had studied Circle Talent's roster Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I um, was able to and also I'm an electronic fan so I I knew his I knew his artists anyways Uh but I was able to kind of you know spit back some knowledge to him and he was super impressed by that and then I ended up exchanging information and kind of just keeping up with that relationship, and then eventually got, um, you know, the job through that. Wow. So. That's incredible. (laughs) Oh,
0: I love elevator pitches. Literal
2: elevator pitch, yeah. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's incredible. What were you
2: doing in that building? So I worked at, um, a talent agency there. Um, it was mostly TV and film, so I did, um, I worked for, like, a talent agent, um, who was essentially, you know, pitching actors for roles all the time. So we were on Breakdown Services, which is the website that you can submit through. Mm -hmm. Um, We were calling casting all the time, um, reading scripts, breaking down roles. Um, And so I definitely am familiar with, like, how that world works. Mm -hmm. And I also, like, back when I was in high school, did a little acting, dabbled a little in acting Uh myself. So I knew it from the acting side. And then um, doing it from the agency side was really cool um, and fun. And I ended up doing... um, some stuff with that and then transitioned into branding for like a second within the agency and mm-hmm. that's actually when I met that manager mm-hmm. um and part of the reason why I could I persuaded him uh to hire me was because I told him let me work for your clients as like managing their brand and getting them brand deals um right. so I showed him how hard I could work and like procure kind yeah. of offers for him yeah and then kind of played it into Hey, give me a job. So yeah. I tried to give him things before yeah. I asked for yeah. things. kind of going Smart. back to that point before. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I I have a little TV film uh, agency yeah. background. So what is your strategy for getting brand deals for people? <sighs> hmm. I I it's cold emailing, honestly. Yeah. Um, there was also this. Uh, Service. I forget what it was called. I want to say it was called, like, Redbook or something. There's a
1: ton now of, like, these um, mediators. Is that the right word? Like, a company that will connect, like, an influencer Hmm. or whatever with a brand. Yeah. And, like, be that all the time and be sending you to people and sending people to you. There's, like, literally so many now. It's like an agency almost. Totally.
2: There's all these, like, micro-agencies for that now. But honestly, like, if you have somewhat of a following and you want to get brands look at the smaller brands that you're using and you actually love and just start tagging them and shit and just start actually promoting them without getting paid and I swear to god they will start to respond and then you can maybe work with them I've seen that happen with a couple friends of mine Mm -hmm. it's crazy
1: yeah that's how I I got a couple of brand deals and now I have a strong relationship with one of them I'm literally wearing their hoodie right now
2: because
1: (laughs) I um Was just liking their stuff on Instagram, using their stuff, tagging them, whatever, like engaging with them. And then I had a large following on TikTok, so I just went to see if they had a TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then I followed them, and I started just commenting on their stuff and liking all their stuff, and they DM'd me.
2: Giving. You're giving. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Life and the universe is just a give and take and if you want to get something you got to give something yes yeah you
0: know? okay so I would out. we started to kind of go there I would love to talk on like your experience in a talent agency just for some of the actors listening also yeah. for me because I'm still <laughs> trying to find an agent out here yeah. in LA right mm-hmm. so like how how does one give to an agent or a rep without like knowing them you know what I mean like what would be a good way to go about um, networking in a way that doesn't feel mm, crunchy, yeah. right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally. And it's, it's hard, man. I, and also I haven't, um, worked in that space for a little bit, so I might not have the best advice, but the advice, advice I do have is do as much on your own first, first and foremost, always do as much as on your own. Um, like making
0: your own content or submitting Making your own content. Yourself?
2: All of the above. Yeah. Making your own content, submitting yourself, posting regularly, Mm -hmm. like, building your brand on your own because you, first off, I mean, as it's just the climate that we live in, like, a social following does really help now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not necessary, but it does help, especially if you're still new. Um, But really just, like, trying to brand and have all these things yourself because, one if you're talking to an agent and they ask for materials and you don't have materials, mm-hmm. they're not going to sign you. Yeah, so create yeah. your own materials. Yeah. Have your self-tapes. Have monologues that you've recorded. Like, mm-hmm. anything you can do. Yeah. Um, because if you're giving that opportunity and you don't have anything, like, there's nothing they can do because a lot of these agencies, it's like, you aren't just selling to that agent. That agent has to go back internally and then sell you to the agency because mm-hmm. everyone else has to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because these agents all represent different networks and cable networks um, that uh, they're representing the project and have to submit everyone on the roster. So all the agents need to be aware of all the clients. Um, So I think that's, like, something that, um, you know, I I would definitely advise. Do do as much on your own as you can. Um, And then, uh, you know, study. Get IMDb Pro if you don't have it. Yeah, it's the best. And Mm -hmm. study uh, certain agents rosters sometimes certain agents will kind of have a specialty just dig as much as you can Mm -hmm. and if a roster has too many people that look like you probably not going to be able to get signed with them Mm -hmm. um you know they everyone's trying to diversify their rosters um you know there's been a huge movement to you know have more roles go ethnic which is great um so you just have to kind of be realistic with your strategy you know and Mm -hmm. like really Go after what you think is attainable, mm-hmm. um, and even then, like the best advice I can give there too is also like it's so not personal with acting, and mm-hmm. I think like that was kind of what um, like pained me the most about that about that industry and with actors is that it's so not personal. Like with music, it's a little bit more personal. Like you have to have good music. A lot of times, like your image is part of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a whole thing. But like with acting, you're such like you need to be like this thing, (laughs) or whatever it may be, you know, um, you have to fit, you have to fit into a box, and Mm -hmm. you can, of course, like, mold yourself to fit into certain boxes, but at the same time, like, you still want to be you at the end of the day, so you want to find somewhere where they're gonna accept you for, for you, yeah, um, Mm -hmm. I just said you a bunch, you, 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 um, (laughs) but yeah, I guess that, I guess that would be my, my best advice, and then, like, as far as, like, where to go out, honestly, I would, like, go and, peruse like study study these agents faces like see them on LinkedIn see them on Instagram and honestly be a fucking creep and go to certain bars that are around the location of the agency or go mm-hmm. to like lunch in places around the agency like literally I'm obsessed with you just today. be strategic and like yeah. <laughs> just be a freaking freak and like yeah I. That's the best advice I can get with that. Yeah, you no, know, that's
0: that's incredible. Like that is amazing. Yeah. Because like I just feel like when you meet somebody in person too, and like if you can have some form of um, an impression on someone, it's better than an email.
2: Yeah, it it is know? sure. But like you know, and emails are great too. But, um... Also, it's just ballsy. Like, I love the balls you have. <laughs> the <sighs> thing is, it's like, honestly, you... It takes balls. And sometimes you just shoot your shot and it sometimes just works. It's the weirdest thing. But again, you have to also be respectful of these people. You can't just, like, interrupt their meal and be like, Hello, I am so-and-so oh, and I am a butt. You no, know, no. you need a... It needs to be organic. Like, maybe you... The, the bend and
0: snap. The bend and snap works oh, every time. God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. you know just like walk by and drop your yeah Ooh. entire plate on the floor yeah. and then abandon and snap I think that would land land them for sure
2: yeah so just try to be as strategic and creepy as you can essentially strategic
1: <laughs> strategic creepy and authentic yep. got it yep <laughs> um, <laughs> if if a musician is look is wanting to an independent artist is looking to get signed by a label mm-hmm. would that be the same advice
2: Um, yes, kind of. So, again, I would say try to build on your own as much as possible. There's so many, like, platforms that you can use these days, um, whether that be Instagram, Twitch, Mm -hmm. YouTube. Um, So showing, especially with labels, you kind of have to prove you have an audience unless someone internally is so obsessed with your music and your brand um, that, like, they're able to push it through and they're enough of, like, a... um, you know, figure. voice, figure in, internally yeah. that they can even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's rare. So it's, again, it's like you have to try to build as much as you can because that's essentially what they have to sell internally. Yeah. So you kind of have to always think of it through that business mindset. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, like
1: what do you have to bring to the table? Because they,
2: they're the ones forking up all this money yeah, mm-hmm. and they need to see some ROI. Yeah. So how can they guarantee that? Um But if you have an audience, they kind of can, right? Right. Okay, we know she has 100,000 followers or monthly listeners. Okay, great. Someone's going to listen to this music. Right. Um, And, yeah, so that's kind of what I would say with that, too. Did you have any experience with label contracts
1: and deals between labels and artists, or is that totally not in your...
2: To some degree, um, I... Like, would you know what a bad deal would
1: be versus, like, a more favorable deal versus like a more unfavorable deal for an artist
2: um to some degree not my specialty but I definitely can roughly tell you um 360 deals which is what you would get at any sort of major label typically Mm -hmm. um is kind of unavoidable at those at those stages but if you can't avoid it avoid it especially
0: 360 deals
2: so especially avoid it at at an independent they're not going to sign 360. 360 means that essentially they are taking a cut out of every part of your business um, not just the music. Mm. Um it's like literally so, everything you make, everything you do. Yeah. So your merch, your whatever it may Podcast. be. Podcast. Yeah, you yeah. so um, you know, and every and again, not my specialty, so um but I do know those exist and those if you can't avoid, avoid. Mm-hmm. Um honestly, do people sign those all the time though? I feel like I hear three sixty deal, three sixty deal all the I, time. I mean major labels um are gonna be signing those types of deals. Um and that's,
1: but that's because, most
2: likely with an artist who literally has
1: less to bring to the table, probably. right. right.
2: Yes, if you ha- if you have higher clout, you could certainly negotiate. But if you're going into a major label, uh, 99 times out of a 100, you're probably uh, not at the leverage where they can get you out of that. Yeah. Um, and so I would say I would say that, I would say, um, but with independent labels, you're not gonna be signing a 360 deal. And I would say if you can, Sign a deal that's not even, like, in perpetuity. Sign something that's a... They're licensing your music for 15 years or they're licensing your music for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way uh, you have... Um, you get your rights back. Uh, it might be way down the line, but you get your rights back eventually. Yeah. Um, I would say... um, I mean, if you're going through a distributor and you don't want to go through a label, so there's a lot of distributor deals, Um, those should not be longer than one to three years mm-hmm. um and i mean essentially like if you can own your own music own your own music yeah
1: um is once, that even possible though i feel like everyone who's trying to sign a deal with you wants to own a piece of your music
2: so it's totally possible to own your music as an artist if you're distributing and doing like a self-release yeah once you sign with a label yeah you're signing over your rights or you're licensing over uh, all the rights to the music mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. um and, you know, it's a trade-off. They're yeah. investing in you. Um, they, again, need to make sure they're making their money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're also providing resources. Yeah. They're giving you an advance, mm-hmm. um, potentially. Do most independent labels give advances and stuff like that and, like, pay for stuff? I feel like they're just
1: trying to get you signed with a bigger label, Right.
2: No. So a lot of independent labels want to keep you as long as possible, mm. usually, it, it, if you're performing well. It's yeah. kind of a sad moment if, like, a big label swoops up someone from an independent because they're like, oh. no. Um, unless, unless, it's, uh, unless it's, like, a deal where um, the song is what's, it's called an upstream deal, mm-hmm. so if the song takes off... Um, and an independent label is like, hey, this song could keep going, but we just don't have the resources to really, really keep pushing it, Yeah, they might do an upstream deal where it then gets bought out by a bigger label who can service the song to that capacity. But um, I forget what your question was. <laughs> um, what an independent label was...
1: is Do independent labels try to get their artists signed with major labels?
2: Yeah, probably not, no. They want to keep that artist um, in their umbrella. But as far as advances um, depends on the label, yeah. really just depends on the label, because the, there's so many different sizes of independent labels, mm-hmm. there's literally, like, oh, I own a label, it's just me running yeah, it, anyone can do and it, and then, there, then there's, like, labels, like, you know, um, ultra, or, mm-hmm. uh, other kind of bigger ones that are basically, like, an, a ma- an independent major label, in a way, oh, um, yeah. So for those, yeah, they're giving some advances. It may not be to all the artists that they're signing, um, but mm-hmm. some priority artists, then yeah, they'll get a budget. Or if anything, the artists won't have to pay for anything out of their pocket. Right. So like maybe they're not getting an advance, but they don't mm-hmm. need to pay for any of the marketing spends. They don't need to pay mm-hmm. for you know getting artwork done. That's so be. expensive. Totally gets expensive.
1: Yeah. What are some? Um... This is my last, like, nerdy question for, no, of for, for the second. Um, it, what are some, like, red flags for, like, a management contract with an artist who's never been with a manager before? And that might even go same with acting. Yeah, anymore.
0: I would say for any artist who's seeking
2: representation. This is just my personal opinion. Uh, I don't think you need to sign a contract with a manager. It should be kind of on a handshake thing. Nice. But... That's not always the case, and, you know, maybe with some higher profile, you're making a ton of money you want to sign, but, like, mm-hmm. your manager should be literally, like, the person you trust the most, yeah. and you should know you're not going to screw each other over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, per, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's naive of me. Um, so you
1: don't have to have a contract in order for them to, like, get their 20%
2: or whatever? Um, no, I mean, there, I... I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you just have I an know.
1: Or whatever. Or I know when I
2: was signed it. to a manager, we didn't have an official contract. We just my checks would go to her, and she uh, would pay me out mm-hmm. my percentage, and that's mm-hmm. how it goes with managers too. I don't even too. think
0: I have an updated contract with my talent agency. Yeah, mm-hmm. a
2: lot of talent agencies don't even sign contracts. Yeah, yeah. It really just depends. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time, the money is funneling through an LLC or funneling through something or a business yeah. manager. So yeah. it's like they're taking their cut out. They're making sure things are getting accounted for, so there's mm-hmm. not really a need to have it yeah. in paper.
1: Interesting, cuz my first uh, mm-hmm. quote quotation mark manager, it's not my manager now, mm-hmm. um was a producer mm-hmm. and was like really pushing me to sign this contract. There was like a sunset clause in it and all this shit. Mm-mm. And I was like Yeah I don't know Like it took us a while To do it Some weird stuff happened So then I I, We didn't talk for a while Mm -hmm. While this contract Was still in the air Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we like Kind of fixed everything He was then really pushing me To like sign it And I was like I don't know Like I don't I just need some time like it does it feel right and then he was like well then let's just go our separate ways like that's how fragile of a line we were on I'm like why wow. would I sign this at this point yeah it's just weird <laughs> wow I'm so glad you didn't sign yeah that's
2: what, that would I would say a major red flag <laughs> at yeah <that> point. <laughs> exactly for sure um but yeah and, and and kind of on a tip with management too and I think like you know we talked about this like building on your own at first mm-hmm. um part of the reason is that especially if you're trying to attract management is like you want management to come to you. Mm-hmm. That is usually the best way and the way that you're going to actually find someone who is going to work their ass off for you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my manager right now is working her ass off for me for sure. And she came to you? Yeah.
1: And I love that it's
2: a yep. woman. Yes. My so
0: managers better. also came to me and same thing. They're, and they work their asses off. And of that. that's
2: like part of the reason why it's so important to build your brand because you want to attract the right people into your life. Yeah. And you can't do that just by sitting there and not doing anything.
0: <laughs> I gotta say, I'm damn proud of us as artists, like, because you have so many singles that you've been working on, like, you've just been making music, like, if the mm-hmm. opportunity presented itself to some label was, like, send me your stuff, you yeah. have it. Yeah. Same here with Hot mm-hmm. Guys Who Ghosted Me, and just, like, with everything going on, like, I feel like I have stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. so I definitely know what it feels like to be in a position where you're like, oh, shit, like, I don't have... I don't have any, like, materials and stuff, so being somebody who, you know, has paved her way through the industry, like, like, what would you say to somebody, because now you're, like, you've arrived, I feel like you're arriving at a certain point in your career, like, just having this conversation with you, you know everything you're talking about, but there may have been a point where you didn't know shit, right? Yeah. So, like, what would you say to somebody who's just starting out, as a performer, mm-hmm. like, what, like, what should they do?
2: Yeah, totally. And I think the feeling of, feeling you don't know uh, enough or don't know about something doesn't ever really end. I think you just yeah. get better at pretending you do. You know? Yes, that is so true. <laughs> but you always have this so bit good. of, like, imposter syndrome, right? Um, but I would say the best place to start, at least, okay, so first on the music side, um, Donald Passman's book, uh, all you need to know about the music business, everything you need to know about the music business mm. uh, is, like, the Bible of mm. the music industry, and he usually up, uploads. It's not a, I guess you could do the digital book. Mm. Um, I like the hard copy so I can highlight. He yeah. he releases a new version every three years because there's so much JJ. new laws and streaming and all this different stuff. Jeez. So I would say if you are really trying to get into the music industry, whether it be, it's written for artists, but if you are trying to get into the business side too, it is literally the Bible Mm -hmm. um so read that and it's it's like a textbook it's dense um and so it's not gonna be a fun read but I promise it will be super super important um so on the music side that um on the film side I'm sure and tv side I'm sure there's similar materials and books out there so I would just say try to try to read and absorb YouTube is like full of knowledge um but I think if anything, go to events if you can. If you live at least in, like, a the L.A. area or another area where there's, the, like, an entertainment culture, mm-hmm. um, I would sometimes go on Eventbrite and just, like, peruse free, free events or, like, peruse, like, paid events and, like, search by certain, like, keywords or search by category mm-hmm. and just, like, go to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Especially
0: now that the world's opening back up.
2: Yeah, and, like, honestly, anyone can be a teacher – um so even if there's someone who like does something that you think is interesting like go to coffee with them like just have the balls to like uh, like ask mm. them out essentially yeah. <laughs> take them on a little work date and and that way you're not you know, you're stroking your ego, you're not asking for something, like, that could be a good way, like, I've done that plenty of times, like, hey, can I pick your brain, hey, can I do this, and people reach out to me, and I'm not gonna lie, like, sometimes I don't respond, but sometimes I do, if I'm, if I'm not busy, and so Mm -hmm. you just gotta know it's not personal, people are busy, um, shoot your shot, And just, like, really, anyone can be your teacher, and um, there's so much resources and and stuff now with the internet. It's crazy. Okay,
0: so I have a question for you. As a young, ambitious, amazing, like, strong, powerful woman, right? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
2: wow right that's what you are hyping me up that is what you you. are that's Uh. what you are girl
0: what look at I got mirrors right there you need to go look in the mirror I love you but um let's just take it back for a second maybe to like when you left college and you were you know like I love how you have these balls and everything to just like reach out and network (laughs) and do all this right was there ever a point where anyone perhaps saw that fire in you and maybe took advantage of that in you or yeah you know because like yeah, I just as a woman in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. it's it can be dangerous,
2: mm-hmm. you know. Totally. Mm. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I would say so one, I think people take advantage of women's ambition all the time and mm-hmm. and because we'll do the stuff that not everyone wants to do because I think we're just fueled to kind of prove ourselves mm-hmm. and sometimes I think by doing that you get kind of then, then, then these people are like, "Oh, this person will do all the bitch work. This person will do all the admin work," and they kind of push you into that role. When really you were just trying to hustle. And so I mm-hmm. think it's it's that's a careful line. But in terms of like being taken advantage of, or like, you know, the entertainment industry is uh, has a lot of sexism. Yeah. There's definitely issues that are slowly being resolved, but you can't really untrain these subconscious like prejudices that all these people who grew up in these generations with these parents have and so that is only going to happen over time but being able to stand up for yourself is so key and like I remember when I was working um, at this one company and I had to wear, like, you know, nice clothes every day. I wore dresses or I, I would look cute, you know. it was. This I had to be... was,
0: like, a talent agency? Was it a big talent agency? Yes,
2: yes. So I worked at a big talent agency. So, um, and, uh, you know, you had to dress professional and I, you know, was super young and trying to, you know, befriend certain agents and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, it's easy to read when someone's talking to you because they're interested in you. Mm. However, um, there's a line for sure. And if that line is crossed, you have to have the balls to say, "Uh uh-uh, no. And so I remember a line was crossed one day when um, this agent that I was getting close to um, told me my body. He was like, he made a comment about my dress and told me, your body, he did this with his hands, like the little hourglass Uh. thing. He's like, ooh, your body. And I was just like, excuse me? And he's like, what? And I was like, do not say that to me. I literally said Good this. job. I literally said to this to this agent. And he just straight up never talked to me again, mm-hmm. which really sucks because I thought that was a cool relationship that, you know, I could learn from him and we really mm-hmm. had like a great friendship. But sometimes you just gotta get that toxic shit out of here. Wow. So...
0: What were you thinking when that happened? Did you ever have any, like, moments of, like, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have been so
2: forward? or? No, because I was never, like, doing any sort of advance or, like, trying to make a move. It was never that. It was just, like, hey, I know I'm cute. I know I look good. Like, if you want to talk to me because I'm looking good, fine, because I'm going to learn as much as I can out of you because I'm hustling right now. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. But do not touch me yeah <laughs> do not make inappropriate comments because that's not okay mm-hmm. so and yeah you, so you just have to draw the line and you know there's been other moments too where like that happens and it's important to just set those boundaries because up front. it's it's really really difficult I know some girls like have trouble with that and mm-hmm. it's so so important to like know your worth and and know that like that person isn't gonna be the make or break of you right you know good advice like there are so many other routes and ways that do not involve that person you are capable so do not like put all your eggs in this basket and give what you don't want to give Right. But what if it is somebody
0: who, like, is the head of a major studio don't or care, whatever?
1: Nope. You don't need them that bad. Doesn't no. matter. Doesn't matter. I
0: was helping a girl tape an audition just a few weeks ago. She was staying um, in my apartment building, and I told her I had this whole setup, and so I'm helping her. And I'm like, how'd you get this audition? Because she didn't have an agent. And she said she was directly talking to the head of CBS. And I was like, red flag. Mm. Immediately. For me. Because, hello, I've been in this industry for... Almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I just happened to know that you don't get auditions from the head of CBS. You don't contact the head of CBS. You don't. I mean, if you do, okay, fine, right? Yeah. And he, so, anyways, he was texting her. It wasn't an email. It was like, he was saying things like I'm really going to push you and all this stuff oh, and she's gosh. gorgeous young girl 23 24 mm-hmm. naive okay just passionate wants to do her fucking job we taped her audition here did a one like it was so good she's so talented the quality was great I have great setup okay he um she gets it to him by this like very insane deadline he gives her and then mm-hmm. he says I need you to do it again but this time I want your hair different. And I'm like, no jerk off would tell you to do your hair different. Like, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like this. It was like, literally, it was like, I just need you to tuck your hair behind your ears. And I am a professional. I was watching her. I've seen her audition. You can Mm -hmm. see her face perfectly. I thought it was such a I thought it was so, oh my God. And she came to me and she was so desperate to get it by this deadline. Mm -hmm. And she's like, um, can you please help me retape it? And I was like, I can't help you retape this because one, I don't have the time because we just did like an insanely long audition for this. But two, I feel like this guy is jerking you around and Mm -hmm. you need to tell him no. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, like, this is the best I can do. I'm traveling. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, ugh, I yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just, like, that story in particular is just, like, it, you like. You can
1: get blinded oh, by that you, stuff. Yeah,
0: like, a big red flag is, like, she was talking to the head of CBS, and she was afraid to tell him, I'm sorry. Like, she could have even said it in the nicest way possible. I'm traveling, and, like, there's literally no way that whatever I do get to you is going to be of that quality again. Mm-hmm. So uh and then he ended up not even submitting her for the thing at all. Wow. At See, all. Yeah, that's that's BS. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so I've also just been in positions with people who were very famous and like executive producers who mm-hmm. would ask to touch me and do you know, it's like how the fuck did I even get in those situations, mm-hmm. right? Um and it, it's because they were jerking me along, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I will say, like, it got to those situations because I wasn't brave enough Mm -hmm. to um, set a boundary firmly. I thought maybe I would come across as rude Mm -hmm. or um, I just wanted to be polite or didn't want to lose the opportunity or I was just trying to be nice, you know what I mean? And so um, I just think it's important that, like, I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. Like, it doesn't matter who you are talking to, how important they make you think they are. Um, boundaries are important. Boundaries can are you, so important. Can you talk on how boundaries might actually
2: earn respect from higher-ups? or? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I mean, it does because... You need to be able to recognize when a situation is uh, actually urgent, or if it's them just sending you work because they know you'll make yourself available and do it. Um, you know, there's been times where, like, I'm sent something, you know, midday or late on a Friday, and I used to always think it would be, oh my God, I need to get it done by today. But really, that was just me or I do it over the weekend, but now this is just me saying, hey, I'm available to work Friday nights and weekends, when really, that's, I don't want to be doing that, um, and so I started actually really consciously trying to have set work hours, and do my work in my work hours, and in the entertainment industry, that is totally not always possible, right, (laughs) like, it really isn't, um, but, when it can be, mm-hmm. let it be. Don't feel like you have to constantly prove something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes things that aren't urgent, just let just let it be and set those boundaries. Because if you're the person that's always available, people are just going to say, oh, Sydney will do it. Or Wh- whatever, we'll do it. Mm, um, yeah. So I guess like that.
0: Ah, oh, I love what you just said of like, don't feel like you constantly need to prove anything. Yeah. Can we all just like take that in for a second?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You don't need to prove anything to your reps, to your friends, to your lovers, to your social media following, to any fucking buddy. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like that energy of, I don't need to prove anything, is very attractive. Totally. And magnetic. Mm
2: -hmm. And confident, too. And confident, yeah. That's what
0: I was going to say. Yeah. This is good. Wow. Do you have any more questions or anything? Should we tie it up?
2: (gasps) probably have a
1: ton of
0: questions but... I mean we've been going yeah. for an over an hour whoa if you guys are
1: still listening to this episode badass yeah this has been <laughs> very informational love it by the way thank you it was unexpected oh yeah great you're awesome you're full of knowledge and talent how does it feel to be such a well-rounded person <laughs> oh
2: my god <laughs> Thanks, guys. Aww. Wow, I mean, feel good. Seriously. Y'all make me feel good. You guys are great. Hosts. We'll have to do. <sighs> we'll
0: have to do a part two with you because I would love to just hear just kind of about like your your creative side. Like mm, you know, yeah. Because you are an artist still, and, you know.
2: Little, little Sydney inside we definitely has her moments of play, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Wow, that's freaking awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for your wisdom and just for shining your light for so many other women and for being mm-hmm. the strong, powerful woman and brave and courageous badass that you are because mm-hmm. it inspires me. It inspires Kesley, uh-huh. and it, I'm sure, has inspired all of our listeners today, so. ah, thank you. We love you, and we look up to you, and we're grateful for you today, so awesome. thank you.
2: Thank you to everyone who's listening. Yeah. I know it was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where can so our good. listeners follow you and keep up with you? Yeah, if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Sydney Wicklin. Um, I am not the most social media person. Um, up-to-date person but I definitely do post semi-frequently mm-hmm. um maybe but... follow
0: her on LinkedIn and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slide into her follow DMs her on LinkedIn. um yeah
2: actually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what is it called where it's like um you uh Support my um. Wait, what is her it only
0: called? Her OnlyFans. No, not no. <laughs> my OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. My <laughs> uh, you,
2: my it. skills. Like you up, you plus on my skills. Can oh be yeah. up
0: my skills on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure if you do that for her and you slide into her DM and ask like a, a little question, she might, <laughs> might give you a little bit of support. It's totally. You know, so. I will.
2: Feel free. Feel free to slide in, y'all. I'll I'll check those DMs. Um, Yeah. That's yes, amazing.
1: <laughs>
2: all right. Well, until next time
1: hustle and flow thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode if you found it inspiring please send it to one other person and of course follow us on instagram at hustle and flow podcast and also feel free to post us all over your instagram and tag us at hustle and flow podcast as always we love hearing from you so please leave a review and we will share it on our podcast and on our instagram love you babe have a great day